Welcome to CEO Matters, the Drums Network's uh, new podcast series that delves into hot topics amongst agency leaders. I'm Andrea Glenn, CEO of Ledger Bennett, and in this episode, it's all about digital availability and it's important to be importance to B2B brands. I'm joined by Miguel Ganet, um, who has years of experience building digital and demand generation functions for global enterprises such as Dell and Sage, uh, and more recently has returned to his roots as a consultant in this space. Hi, Miguel. Thanks for joining. Hi, Andrea. Thank you. I'm also joined by Tracy Swartz and Druber, VP of Marketing um, at GE Digital for Power Generation Oil and Gas. Um, energy transition is a really exciting sector to be in right now, so excited to, to hear what Tracy's got to say on the matter. Tracy also has a 20-ish year career, she tells me, <laughs> in building B2B brands. So hi, Tracy. Thanks for joining. Hello. Um, I know you've both got some great insights on this, so excited to get into it. Um, I thought I'd kick off by, just by talking a little bit about, you know, we spent the last decade or, or more for some of us in B2B building quite sophisticated tech stacks to serve complex buyer journeys and sales cycles at scale. Um, and some would argue that this has at times maybe been to the detriment of brand building in B2B, and there's now a, a renewed focus on brand in B2B, and rightly so. Um, but this, I think, poses some important questions around how brands should balance the mental availability of a brand with the right levels of digital availability and not knee-jerk away from digital in favour of sort of pure brand. Firstly, though, Miguel, you defined recently when we were talking, you defined digital availability beautifully, I thought, as how findable and arresting a brand is across paid, owned and owned digital properties. Could you just tell us a little bit more about how you redefine that digital availability so we can understand kind of what we're digging into here? Yes, absolutely, Andrea. So in, in terms of findability, obviously, you know, you need to be available and be able to be found with the audiences that you're trying to reach, right? And indeed, you need to increase the engagement, um, you know, that those audiences have with, you know, the digital material that you're putting out there. And then, of course, you know, just having, you know, engagement and being found isn't enough, right? Because when people do find you, you need to make sure that, you know, your brand is arresting enough for them, you know, to stop for a moment and take an action, right? Click on something, engage with something, download a piece of content, you know, whatever that engagement may be, right? If you're not arresting enough, if your value proposition isn't resonating, you know, both emotionally and technically, then, you know, most likely you won't get that engagement or that action from the audience that, um, that you're targeting. So these two things always have to go together, right? You have obviously have to have to be findable and then you have to, you know, be arresting so that you get an action from, you know, the audiences that you're targeting. And so how do you think, and it's a question to both of you, I guess, and I think you, you've got um, similar views on this, although you come at it from different angles based on your your um, your background, the kind of orgs that you work in. But how does this compare to B2C? And what do you think we can learn from B2C around sort of the, the, the requirement for digital availability in, in B2B? 
So I'll take a swing at that. So, you know, as we've discussed a little bit before, um, outside of outside of this venue is Miguel has a, a wonderful analogy um, using a convenience store, if you will. And I absolutely love it because again, in, in B2C, if you're um, soda, right, your audience is everyone with a mouth, right? If you're a drink, a beverage. Um, in B2B, being available is in, in my in my world, I want to be available to the right audiences, the right accounts. I'm not necessarily um, interested in uh, quantity. I, I need to be available to the right quality of accounts. And uh, in many ways, we're much more selective in that that availability aspect, right? And I absolutely couldn't agree more with Miguel in terms of um, being arresting. And I love that that term, right? Because it it does give you this visual of someone stopping. And that's exactly it, right? We want to arrest that small audience so that they take notice. Um, Because we're in a very, very, um, believe it or not, cluttered space, even within B2B, possibly even more cluttered than than B2C in terms of the the options um, that that our targets have, that our customers have. Would you agree, Miguel, um, on that that analogy? I know that's one of your favorites. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, there's been a, a, a lot said and written about you know the sort of the the you know driving mental availability in b2c for you know to continue the soda example you know um, for for a drink right but then of course when you walk into that convenience store and you're thirsty you know you need to be able to to find it right it needs to be there on the shelf which is what that you know in b2c is called physical availability so you need to have that the right combination of mental availability and physical availability in B2C. I would argue that you know, the equivalent of physical availability in B2B is digital availability, right? Yeah. Because you know, obviously, you know, in an ideal world, um, you, know, you create some mental availability in B2B so that people, when they're in a buying situation, think of your brand. But then you need to be digitally there, um, you know, to make sure that, you know, that your customers can take the right action in terms of getting in touch with you or, you know, um, doing any other action that you, um, you know, that, that, that you would like them to take. So, you know, in B2B, for me, it's all about digital availability and mental availability. And digital availability is obviously critically important because, you know, we're never going to move away from having to generate leads in B2B, right? So that will always be important. And I think another benefit from the focus on digital availability is that one, it's an outcome, right? You're there, your customers find you, they engage with you, but it also builds mental availability as a byproduct of itself, right? Because if you think about you know, putting really great content out there that reaches your audiences or in in Tracy's case, you know, her buying groups within the accounts that she wants to target and people engage with that content, that is going to bring the brand at the forefront of their mind when they finally reach a buying decision or, 
decide what it is that they're going to do. How do you think B2B brands then need to think about engaging with buyers and customers through this lens of, of digital availability? As I said at the beginning, you know, we've, we've spent the last decade or so building out these complex digital journeys and, and so that we can, we can communicate digitally at scale and be available um, and be findable. But what are the differences now as we move forward and start to consider that, that, that blend and learn more from B2C around mental availability and the importance of that and kind of that thread that runs through not just the buyer journey but right through the customer life cycle the customer experience too mm-hmm. what what should marketers really be thinking about now um when they and the questions they should be asking themselves to think about communicating with their audiences through this lens of digital availability i mean for me it's it's really to, to your point it's that life cycle right it's thinking about your availability through the lens of, and I'm going to use a term of, you, we could we could have another podcast on is there a funnel? Isn't there a funnel? Is it dead? And and so forth. But you know, traditional funnel thought, right? Is is having your content um, available and resonant, right, with their needs. It's not just enough, right? I could spend my entire budget just on the mental availability, right? And trying to get my brand out there. But it's that arresting piece that will really, to, to Miguel's point, pay off the mental um, availability is if we can get that content in front of them, the right content, the resonant content, the value props and so forth. And, you know, in some ways, I also have the problem of I'm not soda, right? I'm not a beverage where everyone at some point does ultimately need to drink something, right? (laughs) My customers in many ways have a do nothing option. So my content needs to actually fulfill many needs, right? It needs to point out that they're, they might have a problem they never even thought they had. It might have to, to dive into different areas and then lead them through that journey, right, of have you considered this is a, a problem in your industry? There are solutions to help. And then going through that, the, the path of why are we a superior option and why you should, should uh, trust us um, to solve this with you. That to me is really where it all starts is content, 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 right? And understanding your audience, understanding their need. Um, and again, I think it's really curious in a B2B situation and many, for many of us, um, our, our customers don't know they have a need yet. They, they may be that early in the cycle. And to me, that's the exciting piece. That's, that's the aha, because if we can teach them about that, then we've got them. We've absolutely got them, right? And, and we become that trusted piece of, of the brand. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think for me, Andrea, um, you know, the beauty of looking at B2B marketing through the digital availability lens is that you're forced to look at your marketing efforts, if you like, holistically, right? I mean, you know, you need to be very clear who you're targeting. Are you then using the right channels that, you know, to target those people, right? Is your value proposition resonating 
um, you know, do you have the right messages out there and the right information and content to talk about your value proposition so it does resonate emotionally and, and technically, etc. right? Is your website converting in the right way, in the way that you want? Are you growing that engagement with, you know, all of those things? So none of these things are new, right? But if you look at, you know, all of these things through the digital availability lens, it forces you to bring everything together rather than, you know, um, optimizing in silos, right? And, you know, that still happens all too often, in my opinion. People look at one element, right? And then what they do in that one element may be actually detrimental to, you know, other elements within, you know, the buyer journey or, or the cycle or the funnel or whatever you want to call it, right? But looking, you know, at your B2B marketing efforts holistically because you're looking at them through the digital availability lens and you need to focus on both, you know, findability and being arresting forces you to look end-to-end -end and to bring everything together and optimize holistically rather than optimizing in silos, right? And I think that's where, you know, a lot of marketers, you know, um, have difficulties, right? Because it's, you know, it's often easier to focus on one thing and then move to another and move to another. But all you do is optimize in your silos and you may break something in another silo by, you know, working on, on something else. Whereas if you look holistically, you're probably going to be much more successful. I'm sorry, Andrea, I've, I've got to jump in. He's got me so excited. The optimization to me, in my mind, when you think digital, right, this is where marketing gets really exciting to me is we have to know so much. We may not be a master of all trades, but, but you have to sort of understand. And to me, the, um, that is usability. It truly is a usability issue when you look at the, the consumption path, the ease of use, right? And, and I love it. You know, I, I've, I can think of easily a dozen examples in my, in my head right now, recent examples that I've encountered where we've done one thing and I'm, I'm not too proud to admit, right? We, we, we've spotted issues, but we've spotted them and we've, we've caught them, right? Where we might be driving tremendous traffic, right, to a piece of content only to find out the abandonment rate was huge, right? And so you dig in and you you find out the root cause and you go, ah, we were doing this instead, or hey, we didn't realize that. You really have to put yourself in that full journey of if then, and so they do this, and then what happens? And I think it's really, really exciting because you, you can really get into um, the mind space of a user and you can literally understand why they they progressed or why they abandoned um, with you. And that isn't just about that one piece or that one journey or that one campaign. If you take a step back, that that was their last experience with your brand. And that that's now the, their their impression of you. Right. And as a software company, that digital experience to me is very precious. Right. Yes. I have to have a, a, a very tight um, experience that is indicative of the software we're producing. So it, that's why I get sort of, you know, excited. You can probably hear from my voice. I get passionate about it because it's so important, right? It's every element. And for me, such a big element of that 
is in the usability, the, 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 the UI, if you will, of the actual creative. Like what, a, what an exciting thing as a marketer and as a creative agency to think about uh, what we do is, is usability as well. Of course, absolutely. I mean, and it's such a good example. Uh, like, I, I remember a situation where somebody came to me, you know, in my paid media team and said, oh, you know, we increased, um, you know, impressions by this much and, you know, with this many more clicks. But then as you dug under the surface a little bit, it turned out that, you know, the people that were clicking were directed to a page where, you know, the bounce rate was 96%, right? So actually, you know, you may have spent, you know, 100, 500,000, you know, to generate more impressions and more clicks, but actually what you've done is nothing, right? And to your point, Tracy, we actually probably what you've done is more detrimental to the brand than actually adding value, right? And, and you know, it's just one example of, you know, how looking through the lens of digital availability forces you to look at the end-to-end -end journey um, and that includes obviously everything from usability through creative, through value proposition, through all of these things together will give the customers the experience of your brands, right? Not just one thing versus another. I think as well, uh, you know, because I, I hate the word alignment in this context, because I just don't think it goes far enough. The word connectivity is the is the, is the the key here. And I think, you know, we certainly, um, Legend is, and you guys know you've worked with us, it's a real focus on connecting those teams at the client side, connecting those elements within the, the agency. And in B2B, that's the hard bit, Right. That's the that's the hard bit to do. Um, but but it has to be done. Um, but I do appreciate in a global organization, it's really difficult to get all of those because it's not just marketing. Right. You've got to be able to not just be aligned, but have real connectivity with the sales process, with the customer teams, with the product teams. Like you said there, Tracy, you know, your brand experience and customer experience in marketing and your communications with your, your customers needs to reflect your product, not just your brand values. Um, that's really tough. So how do you think, um, you know, if you were to give advice to, to any marketers listening to, to this podcast, what advice would you give them in terms of how they go in tomorrow and try and work on that connectivity piece? Well, I would say because digital availability is a very practical thing, right? It's, a, it's something that you can audit, um, to my mind, especially if you have enough information available, right? You obviously need to have the information available, but you can, all of these things are measurable across each stage of the journey, right? I mean, you can measure what you're getting out of your paid media. You can measure the conversion from your website. You can measure, you know, content downloads. All those things are measurable, right? So, you know, the first thing that, um, you know, I would do, or I would advise marketers to do is conduct an end-to-end -end audit of your digital availability which will tell you, you know, ultimately how digitally available you are in, you know, with the audiences that you're trying to reach. And that will then probably give you a picture of where things are falling over and where you need to focus in order to, you know, increase that digital availability, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and so I would advise people to take a very practical approach, right? That there are you know, frameworks available that allow you to audit your digital availability. It isn't always easy, and sometimes you need to gather more information, etc. But it'll give you, 
you know, a view of where you are today and where, you know, your strengths and weaknesses are, where the gaps are, where things are falling down. And then you can put in place a comprehensive plan, um, you know, to address those pieces, right? Part of the plan will always be building closer connections with those teams that you need input from and help from to increase that digital availability, right? And that will be the product teams, it'll be the sales teams, it will be, you know, all of those, you know, teams that you will be depending on to increase the digital availability. The beauty, though, is that when you do that, you can put a vision out there for what you want to achieve in terms of increasing that digital availability, which can become a shared objectives across all of those teams which then helps to point all of the noses in the same direction, right? It isn't easy, but if you have a common vision across teams, it always makes it, you know, significantly easier to get the things done that you need to get done to, you know, increase your digital availability and therefore drive more growth in the business, right? Because that's what it will do. That's a huge change management job you just uh, you've just outlined there, Miguel. <laughs> But like I said, it's, it isn't easy, right? But it can be done. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, especially in the current climate where, you know, we're dealing with high inflation, you know, reduction of budgets, you know, all of that sort of stuff, right? The name of the game becomes how can I increase my digital availability as efficiently as possible, and yes, you need to, you know, change management is always a big part of this, right? You need to bring people on board with you. But I firmly believe that if you have a vision and you can articulate that vision um, very clearly and, you know, what increasing that digital availability will do for the business, it's, it helps bring people together, right? Um, but yes, obviously, change management is a huge, huge, huge part of that. Yeah, I mean, um, people and process change um, is always a, 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 um, a huge kind of um, has a huge impact. Tracy, what do you think? What about your organization? Does that kind of resonate with you? It, it does. I think I think to Miguel's point is trying to bring together disparate focal points. Right. And even within marketing, everyone has their role, but having individuals take that step back, being able to see the forest for the trees, um, I think really helps align individuals. But I would say to the change management piece, and, and we see that a lot in the adoption of our software, because our software actually changes the way in which industry works. Um, what we find and, and what I've found in marketing is start small, right? Have that big vision, have, have that out there. But to really rally people and make it real for them quickly is, is pick one thing, right? Pick, pick an item where you can get sort of the quick win, demonstrate success and, and move forward. It might be as part of that audit, you know, it, it just keeps continuing to grow and grow and grow, right? How are we doing in our mobile first strategy, right? How available are we on in the smallest form factor, which we all, I carry two of them on a daily basis, right? <laughs> um, you know, what, how is my availability there, right? Versus desktop. It could be something as small as that, or it could be brand new content, right? Um, it could be, uh, I like to say that Google 
is my most important customer, right? Google determines for most of the world, right? Who gets to see what? How am I showing up organically, right? Now, that is not necessarily an easy thing to change or a quick thing, but it's a very tangible thing. So I would say have that big vision, have the, the, the action plan. And in my world, we call them action plans. But pick something that you can really hone in quickly and demonstrate some success to, to rally that change management and get everyone, you know, buying into, we can really do this together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. I think that's absolutely right, Tracy. I mean, as part of the audit, you know, you will always identify a series of quick wins, right? And quick wins are, you know, it's a term that's, that's probably overused, but I do like that term because, you know, it allows you to demonstrate a win pretty quickly which gives people confidence to tackle the bigger things that need to be tackled to realize the vision, right? So I think absolutely starting, you know, by delivering on a few quick wins gets people excited and motivated to, you know, do more, right? Yeah, I think um, I think that that change management piece is interesting, and I think this more than ever, digital marketers have the ability to kind of flex out of their traditional area of the funnel. Um, even if Tracy's going to debate whether there is a funnel or not, like on another podcast by the sounds of things. <laughs> um, but, you know, digital marketers have this great opportunity now, I think, to flex out of that that traditional part of the funnel that they would normally operate in um, and start to, to, to not just align with sales through a good old-fashioned SLA, but really connect with with sales teams with customer teams i have you know marketers come to us say hey customer marketing has just landed on my desk what do i do um you know and it's 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 the same approach it's the same consideration around those personas um you're considering different personas now potentially than you were you were in the buying journey but really understanding customer and understanding the people who work in those teams and and live and breathe your customers post sale understanding those people in the product teams and understanding how to engage with them you know asking the right questions to understand how customers are using products um, and how they're engaging with the brand post-sale. Um, I think there's a great opportunity for digital marketers to really flex their skills out of that, that where they've been almost hemmed in and boxed in for quite some time. Um, the next 10 years are going to be really interesting for B2B in that respect, I think. Totally. Because, you know, like we already know that, you know, up to, 70 or 80% of the buyer journey can be digital, right? <clears throat> and that, you know, prospects, you know, prefer not to engage with a salesperson until they're, you know, quite far into the buyer journey. It could be 70, 80% into their journey, right? Some research says uh, not this, at all. In some instances. Uh, some research says not at all, right? So, I mean, you know, need we make a greater case for, you know, focusing on digital availability, but the same is valid for, you know, customer marketers, right? Do customers want to engage, you know, with people? And if so, when in, you know, in their customer journey with us, if you can identify that, then, you know, you know when to provide, you know, personal engagement and you also know which part of the journey, you know, customers prefer to be digital, right? I mean, 
you know, the idea of walking into a bank branch has become completely alien to me because I do all my banking on my phone, right? The idea of having to, you know, call up the mobile phone company to, you know, do a change in whatever plan that you have is, you know, you you would think, oh, my God, this is, you know, so last century, okay. right? <laughs> so, you know, buyers want to engage more digitally, but your customers also want to engage more digitally. And then you need to figure out what part of the journey can be and should be digital without losing sight of the fact that there will still need to be some personal engagement, it's, you know, especially when you're talking about big purchases in like in your case, Tracy, right? Um, you know, big purchases to, you know, buying groups, obviously, there will need to be some personal engagement there. But, you know, digital is not going away, right? And it's going to, you know, people are going to ever increase, uh, expect, you know, ever increasing digital, great digital engagement, right? Not just digital engagement it has to be great digital engagement. Yeah, without doubt. Tracy, how does that kind of impact in, in your world? It, uh, I, I'm, I'm just, you know, soaking this in going, amen, amen, right? This is exactly <laughs> what, what we deal with. And, and again, you have to, you, you can't, you can't also, um, just swing the pendulum and say digital only, right? It's, it's, it's our, it's our tra- challenge and our charge to offer that full spectrum, right? Of, of engagements, digital, um, personal, offline, online, you know, you throw any name you want at it. Um, but it's, it's just and, and, and there's not an or anymore. But to Miguel's point, it's where are the areas that you should focus more of the digital availability? Um, and where are the areas where, where maybe you can sacrifice that? Um, in terms of that customer interaction, right? But I, I agree, you know, again, um, don't ask, you know, the idea of calling and, and, and so forth just seems so strange. Yet for certain um, aspects, again, very complex buying cycles, um, there's also in my world, the the more expensive the purchase, the the longer, right, that that this engagement, right? My software isn't something that someone decides to do and and maybe turns off in a year, right? These are fundamentally different ways of working. Um, and they are multi-year commitments. This is not something that is just that digital availability. It gets back to that that brand, right? And the trust that you have in the brand. Um, you've heard me say before. It's I I tend to think of some of um, our customers are making highly emotional uh, decisions, right? This isn't just based on texts and specs and does it do what I need it to do? It's, it's emotional in that they need to understand and believe that we're going to help them through this. We are going to be a true partner and we're not going to put them in a situation where their decision to select us is detrimental um, to their career. Right. Because in many ways, that's what it boils down to. These are um, in when you get up to certain decision levels, these are career making or breaking decisions. 
and it's not the same as walking into the convenience store and did I did I drink the uh, the water or the the diet coke? Um, you know that that's not even worth a synapse, right? To to think about that decision, but but these are just again highly emotional. So again, it's usability, it's content, it's it's brand, it's everything has to come together. And it's really what I love about the job is we'll never figure it out. We'll never crack the code because it's always changing and evolving. And that's sort of the fun part about it, right? Is we're always learning something new and figuring out what's the next best that we can offer up um, all of those things at once, which we're never going to get right. I know it's, it, it, it sounds daunting to some people, but that's what us B2B nerds love, right? <laughs> that's exactly right, yeah. <laughs> that's what we love about it, that it's never ending. I'm conscious of time as we're coming to a, a bit of a close. Um, what would you guys give in terms of real tangible advice or practical takeaways? Miguel, I loved your um, thoughts around the the audit and Tracy, yours around that sort of um, that one thing that you can really um, get your team excited and thinking about in terms of change management. Have you got any uh, real tangible, other tangible advice or practical takeaways that you'd really like to give to, to marketers listening to this podcast? Do you want to go first, Tracy? Or I, I was going to say, you know, part of it could be, could be, um, you know, the audit is a great place to start, but it could be just looking at looking at your team. Is everyone on board? Do we all believe this, right? That could maybe be the first step is you don't need to do this alone. Look at the people to the left, to the right of you. Look at your agency partner if you have one and have a discussion about perhaps the audit. Um, what part of the audit? Is it everything? Is it content? Is it channels, break it down into those digestible parts. Um, but understand that this this is a team sport and you don't have to go it alone. So I, I might start with just conversations with, with your team and um, see how they're feeling about this. See, see what perspectives they may bring. Um, could bring an entirely different lens um, to the conversation. Yes. How, how do they define digital availability? Do they understand what you know what you mean when you say digital availability, right? Um, so I really really like that idea because obviously you know if you're all on the same page before you kick off an audit, um, it would be very helpful, right? I, I would say you know very you know practically speaking, I think that as B two B marketers we cannot ignore the concept of digital availability. Um, because you know the reality is, if your digital digital availability isn't where it should be, you're not going to grow in the way that you want to grow. Right? We all know customers want to engage more digitally. We need to be findable and arresting in the right way and to the right level to help you know for marketing to help you know support and drive the growth that the business requires. So it's no longer an option, right? We need to talk to our teams. We need to make sure everybody understands the concept of digital availability. And we need to look at it, you know, very closely, um, you know, especially in the current, you know, environment to make sure that, you know, we do consistently work on increasing it <clears throat> and um, uh, doing so as efficiently as possible. 
great advice. Well, thanks, guys. Um, that brings this episode of CEO Matters to a close. A huge thank you to Miguel and Tracy for joining me today. Um, and thanks to everyone for listening. If you've enjoyed the episode, be sure to share and tag the Drum Network and listen out for the next episode. <laughs>